A child experiences a brush with death. A Jedi Master loses his faith in the Order. An Inquisitor seeks out a target and more as the Skyguys are back to recap Tales of the Jedi. Hello there. Welcome back to the Sky Guys podcast. Back after a week off here, we are catching up on some material we missed during Andor. We are covering Tales of the Jedi today, all six shorts out that came out at Disney Plus at the end of October. Morning host Mike Phillips. Joining me today, uh, one of the uh, key members of this podcast. Here's voice every single week. Pete Consador is here. Pete, how are you? Doing well. Like you said, Andor's over. We're finally getting to Tales of the Jedi. Um, so I'm very excited to hear what your thoughts are on the, the six-episode uh, I don't know if it's a limited run series. I, I don't know if they're doing more or not. I guess you guys can inform me on that. But yeah, very excited to talk about it. Yeah, I would love to see them do more. This is this is very enjoyable. I agree. Also with us today, the village elder of this podcast, Nick Friday is here. Nick, how are you? I'm great. Very excited to talk about um, Tales of the Jedi. I, 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 um, I loved it and just want to talk about it. So here we are. Yeah, here we are. We are back after a one-week break. Our Andor coverage is done here. And Pete, now we're in the in-between live-action shows phase of the podcast here. So people want to hear what's going on with this. We have some Bad Batch coverage coming up here. Maybe some Mando preview material. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. You follow me from Justin the Suffering, you're not getting this stuff in that feed. So you got to be here for that. Absolutely. Got to get subscribed to that feed. We're, we're everywhere that you can, you know, where podcasts are available. So definitely join the feed so you can get that exclusive content or at least the early content. Absolutely. Here. And Nick, people want to follow us on the Instagrams. How do they do that? At Sky Guys Podcast. You can find us there. You can get in touch with us there. Yeah. I also put an announcement out here. I have a New Year's resolution that works here. We will have another social media platform coming up in the uh, near future. That is in the works. We'll see if the platform itself is still alive by the time the new year rolls around, but we'll we'll have it there if it's if it's still online. I think I know which one. Yep, I will handle that one. Nick is gonna run the Instagram, but let's get to uh, also the YouTube channel. Mike Phillips on YouTube. The video versions conversation here and appropriate today. Lego Ahsoka is here, Pete, along with our graphics. I mean, we always have to have the Lego character, right? And they uh, because there's no Lego Dooku, I feel like it's appropriate to have Ahsoka. There's not a Lego Dooku. I don't think in brickhead form. I could I'm, be wrong, though. I'm brickhead. It's probably a minifigure from somewhere in like 2002 oh, or 2003. Oh, they, they definitely have a minifigure of Dooku somewhere. Oh. I'm just talking about the brickhead models. Yeah. They do not have a brickhead of Dooku yet. They did not do Tales of the Jedi brickheads here. But before we get into Tales of the Jedi here, Nick, there's a lot of Star Wars that's happened in the two weeks since we were uh, on the air. Yeah, we have a lot. We have a lot. We'll get into them real quick, and, and we'll start with the past. Yep. So the first thing is Andor, the show that we just uh, covered. We had 12 episodes of coverage, I guess less than 12 episodes of coverage because the first three were one. But um, for the Critic Choice Awards, Andor has been nominated for two awards. Number one is the Best Drama, and number two is Diego Luna is nominated for Best Actor in a Drama Series. So those are, I actually don't know when those are. Do you know them, Mike? I think it's in January, I want to say. All right, so give it a month or two tops and uh, see those awards. Hopefully they get some, some W's. Yeah, Pete, honored to be nominated, especially for Star Wars. This is not the types of awards usually up for. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a, a good step in the right direction on getting exposure to the Star Wars franchise if you're not really familiar with it or you're not big into it. Um, this was probably the best show to do it with as well. So, um, you know, congratulations to them for the nominations, and let's let's see if they can get a win. Absolutely here. Nick, number two on the news department. Uh, I don't think we discussed the release date for Mando, right? Because that came out after our recording. Yes, that came out, I think, literally two days after we recorded it. So, yeah, it's been announced, which I'm sure everyone listening by now knows, but Mando Season 3 is going to be March 1st. That's uh, Wednesday, March 1. And we also have some news of who the writers are in the episodes. And it's Favreau and everyone, but they're... Um, there are two episodes where he's going to be writing with Dave Filoni, and that's episode four and episode seven. There's also a uh, Noah Clore. Would we know that name? I do not. Well, that's in episode three, but yeah, episode four and episode seven will have Filoni in them. I 
think we all know that means Ahsoka and or Thrawn and or Thrawn or whoever it may be, some sort of cameo, cameo appearance. Cameo parties, those two episodes. Yeah. So keep your eyes open for those two. I guess we have the dates for them. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, yeah, I check. don't have them in front of me I'll right check. now. But. Yeah, give me a second here. You can you can filibuster on something. You can give me the next piece of news. I'll have, I'll pull the Mando dates up. I have it all in our calendar. I have it I have it right here. It's um Oh, never mind. I don't. <laughs> um so then the next thing is the game. Jedi Survivor, which is a sequel to Fallen Order, which we went over. We had two episodes on actual kind of one, but we did one with the recovery room, and then the recovery room, Nick was on here, and we talked about the Jedi Fallen Order game, and uh, the sequel comes out March 15th, which I guess is also going to be the same day as Mando Season 3, Episode 3, which you could confirm when you find that, but you gotta, yeah. we finally got a release date for that, and as time of recording, we don't have the the big trailer info thing yet, but that's coming out the day after we record. So when we release this, you're probably going to have seen that already. That's going to come out um, December 8th at the Game Awards. Will you be able to see the Jedi Survivor trailer? Yeah, or I guess probably more information than just a trailer. Yeah, probably more about that stuff. But here, I did I did confirm, Nick, it is episode three of Mando is when that drops. There's going to be also bad about episodes in there. We'll discuss that in a minute as well. But Pete, I'm excited. Yeah, I have one question for you, yeah. Mike. March 1, it starts. It just goes every Wednesday. No two ever. There's no nope. break. It's just they're not gonna eight straight Wednesdays, does it? They're not, eight straight Wednesdays. They're not going to burn two Mandos in one week. They had to get the people coming on Disney Plus every week. Yeah, okay. This is not a bad bet situation. We're trying to just burn the, burn the episodes, apparently, and get the thing done as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of the Mando dates here, he's it is, it is right. It's eight consecutive Wednesdays starting March 1st. The finale is on April 19th, so... That's our Mando season three run here. And he turns the video game here. I'm excited. That's a prime birthday material for me to get the video game right around there. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, not to say I'm not excited for the game, but I really, to be honest, couldn't get into the first one. Not because I didn't want to know the story was, but just the mechanics, the gameplay. We talked about it. Yeah. Just the gameplay. And we talked about how it's difficult and the way that they, they set up their respawns and everything like that. I just couldn't get into it. Um, unfortunately nowadays I don't have as much time to game so I'm not looking for something that's going to be overly challenging and I'm usually you know even throwing it on easy sometimes it just it seemed a little bit daunting so I'm probably going to look over the story on like YouTube uh, see what the full story was about again um, and then possibly pick it up and see how I like the second one uh, but I, I I definitely have heard good things about it and I'm excited to see what it looks like to, uh, I think at the time of recording it's going to be tomorrow that they show that stuff that Nick was saying right yeah, I mean, we know that the game is going to be taking place five years after the first one, which puts it in the timeline the same year as Kenobi. Yes. So yeah. we might, maybe, maybe you see Reva, maybe you see another Inquisitor, maybe you see Obi-Wan himself, who knows, you see some of, any one of those characters who are in that show. Maybe you see Roken. Maybe. Yeah. I will say also, uh, in terms, probably. Yeah, in terms probably. of... In terms of the recovery room, Nick has also mentioned he's happy to discuss this game with us when it comes out. So, like, maybe after Amanda, we'll, we'll check it with Nick and get get the lowdown of this video game. Yeah, hopefully, uh, I'm sure I'll be done with God of War by then. Although, I'm sure there's a ton of content with that. All right, where else? And then lastly, um, as of recording yesterday slash today, depending on how you watch it, if you want to watch it officially on the Star Wars YouTube or if you want to find it somewhere else, the Bad Best trailer came out. For season let's two. just say today. For season two, and uh, that trailer was uh, was good. We can go into more detail, maybe another episode, if you want to do that, like on a preview show. But also, they announced the season dates of, of uh, Bad Batch. We had known it was going to start January 4th, but now we know all of them. It runs from January 4th until March 29th. There's 16 episodes, and there's three doubles. The first episode is a double, seven and eight are a double, and the finale is a double. So this thing is running straight through excuse me, on Wednesdays and the last five weeks are going to run the same time as Mando. So I feel like this is a recipe for how to kill your show. Yeah. And P I, I know we discussed this. We started speculating a couple weeks ago. Oh, like, you know, like maybe after episode eight, you're like, stop the season. We take a break, come back to it. But Disney said, Nope, we're going to power through and you're going to watch both Mando and bad badger here in both on this. Like, on, they're going to be on the same day. I think this is a very poor design for the, for the way this show is. I feel like, it's going to get slaughtered. People aren't going to be like 
going, man, oh, I got to watch Bad Batch next. I'm going to just turn Disney Plus off after that. So I could see it going two ways. And they're the two ways that you would expect the 50-50 shot to go. Either what you just said, where people are not going to be like, I don't, I don't care about Bad Batch anymore. Like, Mando's on. I don't have the time to be sitting down and watching these kind of, this kind of time when it comes to, to shows. Or people are already there on Mando, so they go, oh, well, Bad Batch is out. I could watch, you know, Let's say by the time Mando comes out, they have, I think it's going to be what, eight episodes or seven episodes by the time Mando comes out? I, I have like ten. Back. Ten. Is it episode 11 will be out when the Mando premiere comes out. So, so who knows? Maybe when the Mando premiere comes out, they go, oh, look, Bad Batch. Let me try that while I wait for the next Mandalorian season to come. So, I mean, uh, excuse me, Mandalorian episode to come out. So, it, it could help Bad Batch's viewership, but it also could severely hurt it. I, I, I think I, either I, way. I actually think I'm, you know, I, I kind of have a complete 180 here in the last two minutes. I think I actually might be a good thing because this show came out initially in the summer of 21. I don't think anyone watched it. Yeah, I mean, been... I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't think anyone watched it. I think maybe having you already on the platform, you're already there, and you see it's on, you might go, "Oh, Bad Batch is on now." Like, I feel like the people who were tuning in to watch Mando were not tuning in at all, and that's why they weren't watching Bad Batch one, maybe. It may get some people who are going like, oh, yeah, I got 20 minutes. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what would the, the, the tell for this, Nick, to see how much they care about this. When you get the, like, when you finish watching the episode and they give you the check this out screen, if they do not give you, if, they're not, if it's not Bad Batch every time on a Mando episode, like, that will tell you how much they care about the show. Because if it's like, you know, oh, go back and watch Kenobi yeah. or, like, go watch Andor, like, they'll tell you that they're not really invested in Bad Batch. They're going to have to do that. I, I agree with you. If they don't, then, you know, they just don't care. Because, I mean, it's a new episode the same day. Oh, it's very easy to say, look, this is a brand new episode. Go watch this. And, Nick, I, yeah. think, I think we'll get more into You said we, we have a, we have time. We're going to do a Bad Bat Season 2 preview. I know we kind of did one over the summer right before yeah, that. Yeah, we, we did a nonsense one. Yeah, now we'll get we'll, – Pete also was out on vacation for that one, so he couldn't be here. So now we'll have a preview with Pete, although I will suggest offhand, I think – We'll shorten what we do in terms of trackers and whatnot because considering this overlap with Mando, I don't want to have these episodes be super, super duper long because Mando is going to take a lot of our attention as well. Yeah, we'll have to discuss off air what we're going to do when they're overlapping, but obviously until they overlap, we'll be doing full coverage and then maybe we still do it. Maybe Shorter we don't. Episodes. Maybe yeah. we mix and match. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out off the air. But right now, let's get into the Tales of the Jedi here. Six shorts that came out uh, on October 26th, right in the middle of Andor, which I had no problem with because, again, it's like you could watch this in an hour and be done with it. And I think, obviously, I think my general philosophy, and I describe it here, is, is were either you big uh, Wasp people back in the day? I saw season one. That's it. Okay. Never saw it. Okay, so well, so I'll, I'll explain it this way because, like, in between, I think after season three, they stopped trying to air it fall and spring. They said, "Okay, we're gonna do spring only." So they had a big gap between season three and season four. So they started wet the fans out in the fall of I think two thousand and eight, two thousand seven, somewhere in there. They released these uh, shorts. They call the uh, the lost missing pieces, where it's like it was like like mini episodes, a like three minutes, like three to like six minutes. There was just like like scenes of characters from the show, like not essential viewing. You didn't have to watch, understand the story, but they added to what you're in. I feel like this is sort of the model here. It's like, these are additive things. Like we don't need to watch them, but I do think they are help out a lot in, ter- in terms of filling in gaps in the story. And they're all well done, Nick. They're very well done. I mean, I'd say all six of them tell a story and all six of them are tell a great story. And, um, I enjoyed watching them, and I honestly am just praying for more. Yeah, Pete, if they give, if they committed here, say okay, like every year we're gonna do Tales of the Jedi or even Tales of the Sith. We'll give you two characters we're focusing on for six shorts a year. I think this would be a fun format to do that, like a once a year, like pal- like palette cleanser. Yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed the format. Um, I can make the argument of maybe making each of these little snippets into its own show, if you will. I think more on the Dooku side than the Ahsoka side, considering Ahsoka's in so much and she's already getting her own show. Um, but I, I agree. I think this is something that's nice when you have some downtime between shows or um, if you want to just... Even if you just watch one episode at a time, it doesn't really link. Like You don't have to like watch them all at once. So I think it's a good... I mean, just to go back to what I said, I think it's a good way to keep intact some Star Wars storylines, get that kind of snippet of what you didn't see. But also, if you're not watching anything at the moment, you have a little something to watch. Just kind of keep that interest alive. 
Yeah, that's for sure here. And Nick, I think the best way to do this here, I think we should kind of, because these are, like you say, what, it's about like 75 minutes. You have to watch all six in a row. Yeah, probably. All right. So I think we'll just quickly go through each one, take our big takeaways here. We'll go in the, and for the most part, I'll point out, aside from the Ahsoka one being first, the of Ahsoka's birth, they're in chronological order. I don't know why they put the Ahsoka one first when she's born. Like, I don't think that made a ton of sense, but I think in terms of like, maybe getting people into it because this is, she's more recognizable character to like the cartoon wise than Dooku is. It's, it's weird because I thought it was chronological. You're right. There's no way Ahsoka was born before that first Dooku one. So it's, it's just strange. Yeah. I think it was a Filoni executive decision there. Pete say, oh, Ahsoka's got to lead this off for us. Yeah, uh, probably. Especially, you know, again, Ahsoka's getting her own show. Mandalorian's coming up. I feel like I want I want to say more Disney Plus stuff is around Ahsoka, but I feel like if you're going to start with someone, you have to start there. I don't think anyone's like, "Ooh, a Dooku show," you know, and, and kind of like gravitating toward that. Except for maybe the diehard fans like us. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, let's start out. Nick. We'll start with uh, life and death, which is we see the birth of Ahsoka. We see that uh, her mother takes her out on a ritual hunt to sort of get her experience in a tribal tradition. She runs into a predator, predatory animal. She gets like, has uh, Ahsoka taken from her, and then the tribe tries to go out, get ready to go find her. And all of a sudden, we see that Ahsoka comes riding back on the uh, predator, like having used the force to calm it down. And the tribal elder says, uh, "This is because she's a Jedi. That's how she was able to survive uh, dealing with this creature here." So, general thoughts. Uh, I'll go with Pete on this one. General thoughts on this uh, first one. Um. It was good, but I just I don't know really know what we got from that. I think they could have used it for something else. Maybe a different plot point for Ahsoka or maybe an extra plot point for Dooku. I just it doesn't really prove much to me. I already know Ahsoka's a Jedi. We don't really see much of how people become Jedi except for maybe Anakin. So I uh I don't know. It was good. I didn't mind it. I wasn't like, oh my god, this is crap, turn it off. I was still interested, but I just don't I feel like they could have used it for something else. I don't think it was utilized well. I can agree with that. But Nick, I want to ask real quick here. Like, I get this is a village tradition here, like in terms of like, you know, like we have to like have our children like experience death and we're going to bring them on the hunt with us. But like, how dumb is it to bring your newborn on the hunt? Like, couldn't you wait till she's like old enough to like walk on her own? It's a dumb tradition. <laughs> dumb tradition. I would say it was, the, it was definitely the worst episode. But it was fine. It was not, it wasn't bad at all. It was just it was kind of, kind of unnecessary, like Pete said. But you know, shows Ahsoka be born, shows that she has force powers, shows that she's a Jedi. Little uh, homage to Anakin doing the same force power he did in Attack of the Clones to calm down the the beast in the in the Coliseum towards the end. Um, that's all I really took out of it. I just thought, hey, look who it is. You know, we always we know this girl from when she was. I don't know exactly, to be honest with you. 14 in the Clone Wars? Roughly. Beginning of it? Yeah. But we don't know anything about her before that, so this is what happened. That's all. It's funny. You went to episode two for that moment. My thought was immediate. I went back to Book of Boba Fett with Grogu taming the Rancor. I thought he did the exact same thing. That that too. That yeah. too. I feel like that's the more recent call out here. And Pete, I think one. I think you're about the missed opportunity here. I would have loved like, maybe if we got like maybe like three-year-old Ahsoka and maybe like some sort of Plo Koon comes and picks her up because we had the whole big relationship with them from the Clone Wars and we never really get expanded on like the origins of it. So it would have been nice to see that instead of like what we got here, I think. I, I personally think I would like to see an older Ahsoka prior to the show, but after Rebels. I think there's probably going to be a lot of, I don't want to say plot holes there, but I feel like there's going to be a lot to explain. I feel like that gives you a little taste of maybe what's to come in Ahsoka the show. Um. But I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think I think Ahsoka is an interesting character. I think we're all kind of at the same crossroad of we like Ahsoka, but it's just been jammed down our throats for how many years now when it comes to Star Wars and new Star Wars stuff. So I think uh, I think you're right. But I also think that maybe this this episode should have been Dooku's and they should have just done two or one or maybe not even had Ahsoka at all. Maybe just did all Dooku or all different characters. Yeah, let's go to the Dooku now. Let's go to episode two here, which is called Justice. This is Dooku and his Padawan Qui-Gon Jinn, who is voiced by Liam Neeson once again. So they investigate the kidnapping of a senator's son on a planet, I think in the, Nick, is it the mid-rim of the Republic or the outer rim? 
I'm sorry, what was that? Is the planet like a mid-rim planet they're going to to investigate the center's sons being kidnapped? That, that's what I, yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah, so they go there, and then they, they meet the people of this village. They realize that the people have been screwed by their senator, who's basically just, like, embezzling money to, like, make himself rich and have them suffer. And then the, the kid realizes it, too, and sort of, like, on the people's side. The senator shows up and basically orders his, like, guards to fire on the citizens. Dooku gets pissed. He, like, force chokes the guy before Kaigon talks him down. Yeah, this whole situation sort of, like, come down where basically they force the senator to sort of, like, treat his people better here. So, Pete, your thoughts on uh, Justice? I thought this was great. I really, really liked seeing Dooku as a Jedi. I immediately saw a correlation between Dooku and Anakin um, when Anakin starts to lose faith in the Order and how he can't control his emotion or, you know, he's passionate about what he thinks is right. And I think they probably made that parallel obvious in this episode, but I, th I think it was phenomenal. And I think it kind of plants the seed of Dooku is not really that enthusiastic to enforce the law that the Jedi have been enforcing, even though they're peacekeepers, it just kind of seems like, you know, there's something's going on in the background when it comes to the Senate and them. Yeah, I think this dilemma and the one that he has in the next episode, I think are also very good to sort of set up here. Like there, where's it? We isn't always to sort of like relate to Duke and say, you know, like Dooku's right. This is messed up. And like, we're the Jedi are not handling this correctly. You sort of empathize like how he's feeling at the moment. He is right. I think if you were to star Wars was consolidated into like one show, I think you can make Dooku the main character in that he's the one who's part of the good guys, sees the flaw in the good guys, and of course he goes bad, but like he's correct the whole time. Usually you make your main character the one who's always correct in a show, like or in a movie. They're the ones who have the vision that no one else can see, and then they follow their lead blindly, everything will work out. It seems like he's that character where he kind of knows what's going on. Eventually that turns into Maul as well, but Maul's a little more a little, a little more dark in his, in his young days. But I think Dooku is very important to the story because that little speech that he gave to Obi-Wan on Geonosis in episode two, when Obi-Wan was uh, being held prisoner, at the time, most people take that as nonsense. He's BSing Obi-Wan. He's just lying to him to have him join him. He wasn't lying. Nope. He was telling him the truth, and he was completely right. He absolutely was here. And P, what did you think of having young Qui-Gon in this episode? Having like him be the power, him being the one who basically talks Dooku down and who's ready to just, like choke out the senator. Yeah, I think that was uh I think that was cool. I think it was cool to see Qui-Gon being the the Obi-Wan of the group, not to say that he was so gung-ho about the rules, but it just seemed like he was more young in his ways when it comes to the Jedi, right? Um Qui-Gon, as he gets older as a master, when he discovers Anakin and all that, he becomes a little more lackadaisical, and Obi-Wan's the one that's the uh, the rule enforcer. But this one this one was good. It was like, you know, Master, what are you doing? Please stop. Like, you know, this is not right. This is not what we do, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it may not be more rule enforcing, but it's more like, you know, do the right thing. But it was cool. I, I think seeing a young Qui-Gon, um, I'm assuming as a Padawan, right? Um, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's definitely... It's it's always cool to see characters that you love in a younger or older like kind of facet that you've never seen them before. And Nick, how do you think about how this dispute ends up getting resolved? Um, I I I mean, it's kind of funny to me how the kid was against him too. Like the kidnap, the the kid, the child. I guess it wasn't a child. He was like what, like a teenager? Yeah, yeah. The kid who was kidnapped supports the kidnappers. It made me laugh. It's kind of funny. But I guess that's what's wrong with the Republic. That's what's wrong with the Jedi. Yeah. Exactly what that guy portrays. So so how I feel about how it ended is I feel like he got what he deserved. Yeah, like not it was like not like the the outcome ended up being correct, but it just exposed the big flaw in the system here. Yeah, it exposed the big flaw. And I think that's like I mentioned before, that's Dooku's whole arc. His whole character, his, I don't mean his arc in this episode or this show, I mean his arc in all of Star Wars is, yeah. I notice something's going on and no one's following me, which you see in Qui-Gon as well, except he never really takes that step to move away. But you could see he's not 100% trusting of the Council. Obi-Wan even says it. He says, if you would just listen to the Council, you'd be on the Council. 
He doesn't want a lesson because he has too much Dooku in him. Yes, I think it's a good sort of like parallel to see where Qui-Gon is going here, especially like when like P, I feel like in episode one, he's like, I don't like there's like there's wisdom in not being on the council, basically. Obi-Wan is like sort of like he's trying to like enact the change. Like he's sort of like what the Jedi should be, like what Qui-Gon is, and the Je- council has lost what the Jedi actually are. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I think that's a really cool part. Um, you know, like Nick says, I mean, Obi Wan says right there, like you'll be on the council if you just listen to the council, and you can you can tell that he just has, as Nick says, too much Duke in him. It's just like it's kind of like the, he, you know, we don't see unfortunately in 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 the show more of Dooku rubbing off on Qui Gon, but I feel like that's what happened, you know, over the years of being his Padawan. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on the second episode before we go to the third one? All right, let's go to number three here. We'll go to uh, choices, and basically the synopsis of this one here is, this is, I think, about, like, 10 years, I think it's maybe a couple years after the first one, at least. Like, I think, I think Nick, the timeline is, what, 67 BBY for the uh, first one, like, 42 BBY for the second? I actually do not know. I think on, I think I don't, I, I don't, if that made public, I don't know. I think Wikipedia has it. Oh. Well. I it, I'll take your word for it. I think they conjectured it based on like some other like like comics that Dooku has been in. Okay. All right, so we'll say forty-two BBY. We'll say so. This is ten years before Phantom Menace. So Count Dooku and Mace Windu like basically go investigate a murder because a Jedi uh, Master who was on the Jedi Council gets murdered. They quickly figure out that the people involved there, the senators, like stuff is a little squirrely that they're covering up. That like basically they were planning some sort of like. Yeah, was it a coup they were planning over there? I'm not not entirely sure, but what I can tell you is, uh, I don't know if you you know Nick Wright, obviously, right? The yeah. sports yep. caster. Yes, he's changed his Twitter picture to this episode's image of Dooku, and it looks just like him. <laughs> it looks exactly like him. This is his Twitter photo now. Is Dooku from this episode? Yeah. I can't, it's insane how, they literally just made a cartoon version of Nick Wright and put him in this episode. I, I thought it when I first saw it, too, and it's funny that he, I guess, thought the same thing because he made his picture. Yeah, apparently there was, was, was more corruption involved. I went and looked on the Wikipedia here as he was going on here. So, the Sanders corrupt guards killed the Jedi Master to, like, basically cover up the uh, corruption plot here. Dooku wants to investigate first because he quickly picks up that the stories doesn't make sense. Mace Windu's kind of like, okay, just wants to take up their word and move on here. They get in a fight. They end up having to, I think Dooku ends up trying to show more dark impulses again. Mace Windu talks him down. They they get the body back. They go for the funeral. And then find the funeral that the Jedi Council is promoting Mace Windu to the Council over Dooku. So that's sort of where we leave uh, episode three. So, Nick, any general thoughts on this one? I just it pushes him more in that direction. It's almost like what you see. It's like pick the one thing that pisses you off if you're Dooku, and it's corruption of the Jedi. Pick the one thing that pisses you off if you're Anakin. It's the lack of respect, and it's we're gonna keep doing this to you until you, you can't take it anymore, and and then you don't blame them anymore when they leave. Yeah. So this is it again. Windu, oh Dooku, saying I want to investigate. I want to investigate him and Windu fighting. Windu gets the promotion, and Dooku's like, "Yeah, what did I do wrong?" He's like, he's like, he's like really going like, like sit, he's sitting there, sitting there thinking in his mind. He he's just sitting there, just you know, minds up business, just going. What the hell's going on out here? It's like this schlub gets promoted over me. Yeah, I mean, you would think the Jedi Council would have learned after they saw what happened with Dooku when it comes to Anakin. I mean, like, like Nick said, I mean, it's like you, you can't definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result and it's just they saw it happen with dooku it happens again with anakin it's again another parallel that they draw between dooku and anakin of how they are good people who get drawn toward the dark side because of maybe different motives but kind of the same actions by the jedi council although nick to be fair with the dooku thing like at this point though like for i think from like when he leaves the jedi order until like uh, I think right before I think episode two, like they don't think that he's gotten dark. They say, "Oh, he just agrees with us. He's left," and like he's you know like just a random regular citizen. So like by the time they actually puts together, they're dealing with the wars. They may not have had the time and like the foresight to sort of think through their actions. Yeah, well, they. I'd say they had three years to think through their actions for Anakin. While they're dealing with the while they're dealing with the Clone Wars, all at the same time. 
than the Clone Wars, I would say, are started because of their lack of competence. Yeah. So it's just that's, that's I think that's the point of this episode, though, is to show you how he drifts further and further away from the Council and the Jedi as a whole. Yeah, and Pete, uh, we know you're you're a big fan of Mace Windu's uh, actions in Clone Wars here. So, like, what did you think of like him in this epi- in this little episode? I, I personally think he's he's just kind of blinded by everything. I don't I, not say he's an innocent bystander, if you will, but like he probably was put in a weird position, right? It's not his fault that the Jedi Council are picking him over Dooku. It's not his fault that he's going by the book of what the Jedi Council says should be happening. I mean, at that point, Mace Windu is not on the Council. He can't make the executive decision to say, let's investigate further. All we're doing is picking up the body and bringing the, and bringing the body back so we can have a proper funeral. And, and it just, I think it shows that like Mace is just kind of caught in this crossfire between another master Jedi and the council. And he's just like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I don't, I don't get to pick who's on the council. Cause I was never on the council to begin with. So. Yeah. Cause I feel like Mace, I mean, Mace is trying to sort of like give console to who is like, Hey, like your time's going to come. Like you're going to be on the council soon enough. And like, at this point, I think this is probably right before Dooku leaves the order. He's like, okay, like I was hoping we get on the council and maybe that can like affect change in a positive way. And it's like, they're lost. I have no interest in helping them anymore. I completely agree with you. Yep. Anything else you want to add on this episode before we go on to uh, the next one? I think it's, it might be probably the best one of the six. I think definitely. All right. Let's go on to episode four here, the Sith Lord here. And I got to go this one this one a little bit, like piece by piece. I feel like it's the most like plot detailed one here. And uh, Nick, I'll start with you here. I do think it's interesting here that like we start off, this is in episode, taking place concurrent with episode one. It's the Phantom Menace. So we see that like Dooku's one is out of the order. He is apparently just hanging out, visiting the count, visiting the library at, on uh, Coruscant, and he found out that he is the one who deleted the Camino information that Jocasta missed. Yeah, that's a great uh, little hole plugged in. Yeah, or plugged up, I guess. It, it and is. um, yeah, yeah, I have nothing else to say. Just a great hole that they plugged in, plugged yeah. up. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And Pete, we also see Duke who goes and meets with Qui-Gon. Like, this is after Qui-Gon meets at the council about Anakin. And instead of the, I think it's the Sith Lord encounter, too, when he basically tries to sex out what, like, is going on here. And, like, Duke basically is like, hey, like, they're not going to listen to you, are they? And he's like, don't worry, I got this on handle. And then he's killed shortly after. So it's interesting to see, like, them reunited, uh, for, like, right before Qui-Gon dies. Yeah, for sure. And I... uh it was nice to see that kind of back and forth. I think uh, I think it kind of showed still that master apprentice kind of kind of relationship and just kind of like that little banter between them. Yeah, and basically Duke warns the cows not gonna take you seriously, and Quiet is like, I know, but I got this handled. And Nick, we also get a big secondary character here from Yaddle, the member of Yoda's species who appeared in Episode One and was never heard from again. So here we get her, and she is voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard and talks normally. So this is she's not speaking in riddles like regular Yoda. Yeah, that is strange. By the way, I learned this today in watching a review in preparation for this. It is Yadel. It's Yadel, not Yaddle. I learned that today. I went however many years, let's say Phantom Menace came out at 199. So I went 23 years thinking it was Yaddle as well. I learned today it is Yadel. Yeah, like, I do think it was interesting. I believe somewhere I read that the canon explanation, they say that Yoda speaks his way to honor like the per- the master who trained him, so I think that's sort of the canon explanation for why he talks we- talks like funny riddles and y- and Yale talks normally. Which means you're assuming when Grogu eventually speaks, he won't speak that way. No, he'll speak. He'll probably speak like Mando. Like Mando, then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So he'll say this is the way. Yeah. Yeah. He'll say this is the way and. But like, remember, remind me this when we do Mando previews here. I think I'm gonna go backwards and rewatch the first two seasons. We have to have a tracker for every time this is the way is said. That sounds like a great tracker. Hopefully better than our um, classic lines in Endor tracker. I think you go back to ruling with respect in Boba Fett. That one too. Yeah. All right. So I'll put pin in that one here. And Pete, was it nice? I think it was nice to get this character Yadel like uh, explore a little bit because we basically see that like she picks up something is off with Dooku because like after Qui-Gon dies, she says, hey, you're going to the funerals on Naboo. He's like, no, like he's gone now. He's like, because he's back at the, the temple. It's like reflecting on the tree that like they he took into as a kid. She so she tails him. She follows him back to like that weird building on the outskirts of Coruscant that like Sidious hangs out in, 
and she catches him there. And then Sidious has her, has uh, Dooku fight her, and she tries to lure him back, says, hey, all can be forgiven. It's not just one mistake. And then we see the turn here where he kills her, and this cements his ter- complete turn to the dark side here. So what'd you think about this? I thought it was good. Now, I, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think it was a really cool part that Yadel is saying, oh, like, I agree with you. I see the problems in the council. I think that we need to change it together or something along those lines. And it's just kind of like, nope, I'm not going to fall for it. I'm still going to try to kill you. And it, it, you can see the conflict in Dooku's kind of face and, and expression when Sidious is like, you got you to kill her. It's it. It's over. Um, it was definitely, it, like you said, it was the best episode, I think, by far of all of them. Uh, Nick, what'd you think about that interaction? Simply because I do think Yadel does say she resigned from the council and she wants to like affect change for within the order. And I do think you know, we do get like the kill her more and sort of like the parallel of what happens to Duke at the end of his life when and he when Sidious tells Anakin to kill him. Yeah, it's very it's very similar, and I guess that's why he gives. I I would imagine that's why he gives um, Palpatine that look. Like you just you basically just said that to me. I thought I was on your team, and now you're telling me. It's someone else on your team. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it looked like a, like you used me for all these years. Yeah, like are you kidding? You're, all these years, like I, I don't know. I don't know if we ever find out either. But was Palpatine using him for all these years, or was that his plan? And then he realized Anakin and was like, "Oh, well, this would be a lot better." Well, I think he sort of has you his know? eye on him because I remember back at the episode, I think in episode one, I think he's, he says like to the kid, was it like to to uh, Jake Lloyd Anakin when he's like scenes on the booth, like. We're gonna follow your yeah, career. Yeah, he does interest. say. He does, but it makes me wonder. Like, was Duke even part of the plan? Was Maul supposed to be it the whole time? Like, what was the initial plan, and when did it change? Because I, I really doubt it's possible. I doubt he knew Maul was gonna quote unquote die, and then he was gonna get Duke, who, who was then gonna die, and then it was gonna turn into Anakin. Like, was all of that planned, or was it just someone? As of now, it's Maul. I like this Anakin kid. Oh, it's going to be Dooku. I still like to say, oh, maybe it's Anakin, and then he switches over at some point. Like, we're never going to know that real answer unless we get, like, some sort of uh, Palpatine Lion King one and a half, where it's from his point of view. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but we're never going to get that exact answer. But, um, like you mentioned, he kills uh, Yadel, and. His transfer to the dark side or his transformation to becoming the Sith Lord yeah. known as Darth Tyrannus is complete. Yeah, Pete, like, I want to touch on Nick's point here real quick. I think in terms of, like, the timing here, I do think it's interesting because assuming, like, the mechanics are going on, we know that like, he basically, I think from Clone Wars, filled in some gas, basically, like, uh, Dooku goes at Sifo D is to order the clones, and this is all going on while Maul's still alive here. So, like, there is a valid question, like, when does, like, Sidious reach out to Dooku and say, hey, you can help me with this thing. We can help bring order to the galaxy and, like, make things better. I wonder, like, when that timing is and, like, if he got factors in, you want me to stitch Maul and take this guy at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't think Sidious knew he was going to be his apprentice because of the rule of two, obviously, he already had an apprentice in Maul. Um, but I think maybe he thought, well, I could shake things up from inside the Jedi Order. He doesn't have to be my apprentice, but he can follow the cause, right? I mean, how many how many people follow the cause under the Separatist kind of uh, Clone Wars side, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, every Inquisitor, every whatever is is the apprentice. So I uh, I think he was probably from the start seeing that Dooku didn't agree with the Jedi Council and probably got on his ear and said like, hey, you're right, they are corrupt. You know, get some information for me, whatever, and then. Once he kills Yadel and he knows Darth Sidious, excuse me, that um, Darth Maul is dead, or supposedly thinks he's dead, he probably goes, "Okay, you could be my apprentice now, since you've been, since you're a Jedi, you've been working to do all this." Because I don't see like hate in Dooku; I just see skepticism. Yeah, I see frustration. Yeah, and I, I just, I feel like to be a true Sith Lord, I mean, you have to have that hate and anger and pain. And I don't think Dooku is the ideal candidate. So I think it was a placeholder till he could get like Anakin or something like that. Yeah. He's very political, seems like. Yeah. He's a good like political leader, not necessarily a ruthless warrior. Remember what Keanu Mundi says that was too. He says he's a political idealist, not a murderer. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. But I, I always found one thing weird about this whole Dooku situation is that 
Cypher Dias was not it wasn't done correctly because in episode two, when they mentioned Cypher Dias was killed 10 years ago, it's the first time you hear about him. We don't know who it is. I grew up as a kid thinking that Cypher Dias was Qui-Gon. Yes. Because you don't tell you don't tell us who it is. He should have appeared in the Phantom Menace and died so we knew. Or at least talked about so we knew, like by Qui-Gon, so we know that it's not the same person. Because it was very confusing when you don't introduce us to somebody and it's like, oh, this random guy that we don't even know who he is. He put in an order for the clones. And then it's like, when you find out it's really like him and Dooku, you're kind of like, oh, so is it just Dooku? Is it like a code name? Or you don't even know. Like, it doesn't really, they, they need to, they should have done a better job with that. Another thing I think they, they could have done a better job of in this episode. I don't think, I think this also makes the Jedi Order look bad. Like, Nick, I'll ask you this. Like, what did the Jedi Order think happened to Yadel after she just like disappears? Well, she left the she left the council, not necessarily left the order, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like she said, "I gave up my seat on the council." So yeah, so she, so she's still considered a Jedi. So yeah, they just uh, what they well not. maybe because it's I don't know it's not during the Clone Wars, is it? It's literally right after Phantom Menace she dies, but it's before the Clone Wars. So if it was during the Clone Wars. I could say, "Oh, she died in battle." And you would never know. There's so many battles, so many Jedi, so many droids and clone troopers. We would never know. But since it's before. Mm. Like what? They never go looking. I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Pete, that bother you? They never bothered looking for Yato after she apparently just goes and doesn't go to the funeral and is never seen again. I you know, the Jedi Council are just stupid. I I mean, look at how they treated Ahsoka. They thought she was guilty. They couldn't sense that. You know, it, it just they. I I just think that the Jedi Council, even though they're all powerful when it comes to like Jedi ways, I feel like they're oblivious. So I kind of lost that that vibe during watching the Clone Wars. Yeah. All right. So we'll put that in the unexplained mysteries pile. I'm never going to answer that one, I'm sure. But let's go on to number five here. Practice makes perfect. And this is a very, very quick summary here. I'll say it like this. We see Ahsoka practicing some train some Jedi training in front of like a bunch of masters and like uh Baba and young Caleb Doom is there, so future Kanan is in this scene, and we see Atkins like, no, this test sucks. I'm gonna give you a real test. And then he basically has the uh his Rex and the other clone troopers basically like all take turns trying to stun her. He's teaching her moves on how to survive a like an ambush attack here. And basically the moves that she that she learns Matic in this drill teaches her how to survive when the Order 66, so Nick, what'd you think of this? I think you described it perfectly. I mean, that, that's it. And you can see she really struggled with it and took her time practicing because you see her get older in the middle of these scenes. You see, like, and you could see the clone troopers, too, change. They go from the phase one troopers to the phase two troopers in the middle of the scene. So, you know, many years have passed, probably throughout the duration of the Clone Wars has happened. So that that's great because it shows that it takes a long time and... Uh, that's you know you never want to have a character who's under trained you know people say like how did Ahsoka survive such a Mary Sue well it took her years to learn that skill yeah and she learned from and a true master Anakin. ironic that she went yeah she learned from master Anakin and she uh, ironically practiced against the same people that she had to use it for the real thing yeah P I think in terms of like the concept of this tells you I think this is the perfect episode of it in terms of me it's like it's a nice little piece of information here. We don't need a full, like, 25-minute episode on it. And, like, it gets a nice little story because there's a little bit of detail in the Akin and relationship, but it solves a question that we may have had. Yeah, I agree. I uh, don't need the 20 minutes or whatever it is to, to explain it, but I, I still liked it. I still think it's a cool episode because, I mean, Nick covered it all, really, but I, I think it's really awesome that they showed how Anakin's like, you need to be more prepared. And he, and she, and he actually prepared her for Order 66. Yep. Um, and I don't think at that point, well, definitely not at that point, you know, it was known that Order 66 was going to be a thing. And, you know, he wasn't a Sith Lord at that point. So I think it was, I think it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Let's go uh, on to thing, the- something I want to add, Mike, before yep. you move on. You're about you have to move on to the sixth episode. Yeah. Yep. Perfect time for me to add this then. I, I think that. And I'm going to explain what I mean by this, but I think this show is better than the Clone Wars. I'm going to explain why. In the Clone Wars, all we got from this show, these six episodes, that's two seasons. Yeah. Each of these episodes is an arc. And they're not going to do this arc, then this arc. They're going to have 
nonsense arcs in the middle with the droids, an arc with Jar Jar, the, an arc with Jar Jar, and an arc with Padme. This is what we wanted. Like, let's say this is two seasons worth of Clone Wars information. So let's just say the the Dooku one that we just finished, those three episodes, that's one arc, season's yeah. worth. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's one season's worth because if that was a real arc, that wouldn't be back to back to back. Yeah. Each episode would be an arc. Yeah, that's true. And then we'd and then we'd have five other arcs in the season that we didn't care about. So like, you know, like we, we talked about this countless times that we went over the Clone Wars, how like especially the early seasons were kind of a drag to get through because of the twenty two episodes, fifteen of them sucked. Yeah. They cut the filler. And then towards the end, like season seven was fantastic. Season five was on you know, peak Clone Wars, but we didn't get as many of those filler episodes in, in in this show. You don't get any of them. Yeah. Maybe you can argue the first one a little bit, but even the first one was better than also the would you rather watch Life and Death or would you rather watch when the, the droids are on the, the shuttle going somewhere? I forgot even what that was. You remember that one? Oh, Mebar. Yeah. Mebar Gascon and his crew. Give me that every day of the week. Yeah, so that's 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 my point there. All right, let's get to number six here. The last one of the uh, group here. It's called Resolve here. And two things I want to touch on here were, uh, Pete, are you at all surprised that Ahsoka found her way to Padme's funeral? No. I, I feel like they were like like she says to um, Bale. I mean, they were friends. They were very good friends. Um, and she was still around, you know, during everything going on. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, the other thing we see there too, Nick, is that like Bale immediately is trying to recruit, like, hey, like, you made it. Let's try and like get something together here, start this process. And Ahsoka's not ready for it. She's not kind of like just go- disappear and go off the grid for a little bit. I don't blame her. And she lost so much. I mean, we, we, she lost, first of all, with Anakin, we all know what happened. We lost him. And then when we see the Clone Wars, she see, she, we see what she lost. I guess not Rex, but pretty much everybody else. Yeah. So she went through a lot. I think she needs some time. And that's, it's fine. It's fine with me. Yeah, it's fine with me. And Pete, we do see that like she goes on, she becomes a farmer, and she's like trying to like live off the land with some people she met on this planet. And one of her friends basically gets in trouble. She saves her with the Force. The brother notices and turns her into an Inquisitor. The Inquisitor comes up and kills a bunch of the other farmers. And Soka has to kill the Inquisitor here. So we say the LEP the entire thing is the is the uh, brother here, this guy of this of this uh, friend. No, I think the the friend. I mean, he only finds out because the friend says, oh, I saw what you did yeah. and helped me, and she blabbed it. I mean, it's, it's she's the LVP. Granted, he shouldn't have done what he did, but it was the same thing like with Andor, Bix, and, and Tim. I, I give Bix the LVP because she was acting weird, you know, and that's why Tim decided to go and do this. Um, especially, too, because you kind of get the vibe from that brother of the friend that he's very pro-Empire Yeah. Um, when they're sitting around. So I think it was... Uh, pretty reckless on this on the friend's part to be blabbing that out in in a, a public setting where there's openly um pro-empire people like walking around yeah nick we got the lightsaber duel too the only one we get in the entire thing we get this duel between uh and soak and the inquisitor what'd you think of it i mean how cool was the sixth brother yeah he looked uh, he he does, looked, that guy should have been the main villain in kenobi yeah Guy was awesome, and you see, you know, they get the lightsaber duel. Ahsoka wins. That's explaining how she gets her lightsabers. Because if you didn't know, the way that the way that a Sith becomes a Sith, it's just, it, it, this happens in a in a Vader comic. You have to take a Kyber crystal and basically corrupt it. There's no red Kyber crystals like they give you at Galaxy's Edge. They're not really there. You have a whatever Kyber crystal calls to you and say it's blue, like Anakin's was. You corrupt that crystal. I don't know exactly how he does it. It's in the comic. You know, I don't know if you smash it or whatever you do, and you essentially make it bleed. And then when you put it back in your saber, it's red. And Ahsoka does the opposite to those to those crystals of the sixth brother, turns them white, and that's how she gets her white lightsabers from this guy's double. That's why he had a double bladed lightsaber. Most Inquisitors do. I think they all do actually. But that's how she got her two uh, white ones that she uses in Rebels and going forward. Yeah, Pete, it is interesting to see that explanation cop up here. And we also see at the end that 
they have to leave his planet. She calls Bail Organa for help because she still has the communicator he gave her all those years ago. And she basically he basically says to him, Are you ready to fight? And she says, I'm in now. So this sort of sets up how Bail is working with Ahsoka when we get to see her in Rebels. Yeah, it's a perfect setup for that. You said it best. I mean, this is just a very very good way to fill in a plot hole and i think they didn't force it i think it makes sense uh six brother like nick was saying was super cool i wish we could could seen him live action um but nonetheless i think it was a, a very very good ending to this six episode uh extravaganza if you will yeah and nick this one does this was a little controversial because this some of the events covering this short here do come from the Ahsoka novel. I think it was written prior to season seven of Clone Wars. And I think it was came out in 2020, the book, or I mean, it was like a little before that. And apparently like this, just kind of retcons a couple of things happened here in the book here. So like, does that bother you at all? Apparently some, this novel was in canon. Now they've retcon part of it to better fit their narrative. Um, it doesn't because I mean, it's just my own head canon here, but the way I think about it is when these things are written, like novels or comics or whatever it may be. I think of it as like, uh, this person is recording their actions and writing it down. And when they show it to us, it's more of a, this is what actually happened. That's just in my head canon. You don't have to follow the same suit, but I feel like the books are written by the random citizen Coruscant who's watching this all go down or wherever it may be. The farmer who was there. One of the farmers decided to, to jot this down. That's the book. Yeah, that's how I that's how I picture it myself, and it makes me feel better about the retcons. Yeah, P. Any issues with it or no? No, I mean, I personally think that, that there is a lot that doesn't translate well book to movie, movie to book, show to book, whatever. Um, I personally think as long as it's not retconning a huge plot point. And it's not considered like a what if, right? Like, so like, let's say the books doesn't have Anakin turning into Darth Vader, but the movies do. And unless it's something like that, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, like, I'm not really too, too upset about it. Um, this is something that we wouldn't have seen on screen to begin with if we're not reading the novel. And I would probably bet you that it's a low percentage of Star Wars fans that are reading the novels and checking canon between the novels and the, and the comics versus the, the, um, the shows. So I think the, majority of the star wars loving population is probably not too too upset about it i would agree with that here let's uh sort of end this here like a couple of things here so let's do a quick powering here let's rank the shorts from best to worst here so nick do you have an order in mind um i'll go quick i'll go four six three two five one Okay, so you're starting off with the Sith Lord, then you're going down to the one we just talked about, Resolve, then Choices. Five and five and two can go either way, but I, I just I just went on two five one. Yeah, so uh, Justice Practice makes perfect, and uh, Life and Death last. Yeah. Uh, Pete, any changes to the order you would make? Yeah, I'm I'm going to be boring, and that that's exactly how I had mine. Um, I don't. I, I, I think with the two and five, like like Nick said, it could be either way. I think two has a little bit more meaning than five does. Um, five is cool to see, but I don't know if it's something that's like holy crap. Like I needed to know this. This is this makes sense now. How she was able to do everything, you know. But uh, yeah, have to be boring and go with the same exact with Nick. I think that's a that's a great way to put it. I changed up slightly. I have five seconds. I think I liked the whole concept of it. I thought it was a very simple uh, plot. I think it did a good job showing a relationship and a key moment for this character. That's second behind four. Three is third. I put six fourth because, again, this is these top four are very tight. Then a little bit of a gap to two, then a big gap to one. That's sort of where I have it. Yeah, that's... I mean, I, the only thing I have far away is one and the others and everything else not. So it was fantastic and... Hopefully we get more of these. So it's a straight so that we we the one we agree is the worst end up being the first one they put in the uh, in the uh, episode order. I appreciate that. Get it over with. <laughs> all right, here and yeah. I think we're all agreeing here. We think we should do more uh, tales of the of the uh, Jedi. Would you would you say this? Hundred percent. Yes. All right. So let's all do let's do a quick discussion here. Let's fit all some characters who should we should get more focus on whether it's tales of the Jedi or we do like a tales of the Sith and we focus on some. Dark side people. Nick, give me a, give me uh two people you would like to see focused on. Palpatine. 
and I'll say Mace. Mace is a good one because Mace is not getting a lot of spotlight. I, I, I think Palpatine. You could just there's, just there's so many questions. I mean, we, we ask we every episode we're asking questions. Uh, this podcast we're asking questions about Palpatine. Yeah, we're saying he's he's the centralized thing between the prequels, the original trilogy, and the sequel trilogy. And to be honest with you, we don't really discuss many many sequel things on this podcast. But Ben Solo, yeah, I'd be interested. Yeah, in terms of the Palpatine angle, P, I would be interested to see like. One thing I always am curious about, I wonder if it's something we'll get and maybe like something like the Acolyte or like some, some product like that is like, how did the Jedi Order not find this guy when he was a, when he was a kid? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that, um, would you mind if I did my two? Sure, go right ahead. So, uh, the reason why I asked is because I think Palpatine would be also one of them I want to see, but I would also like to see his Sifo Diaz. I mean, we talked about it, and Nick talked about it extensively here. It's like, we don't know what who this person is. We don't exactly know what's going on. Let's fill those plot holes. Let's see if it's someone that we know, and it's a code name. Let's see if it's a different character. I don't care. i rather know who put the order in, how it was placed, how he, the Sifo Diaz was advised to. I want to know maybe it was Palpatine giving him a call and saying, hey, my name is Sifo Diaz, even though he's been dead and, uh, you know, I'm going to place this order. Right. So I, I would like to see that arc. Yeah, I have a couple more I'll throw out here just to, for curiosity to see what they would do here. I think obviously I think Qui-Gon would be fun because I think we have a lot of like ground we could cover Qui-Gon here. Nick, how do you feel about an Obi-Wan Kenobi one where we can maybe see like maybe get a short of like him like being Satine when he and Qui-Gon are on the mission there Maybe some unseen moment from the Clone Wars. He gets some shot at like something of him post his show. It's an interesting thing. I would be okay with it. We don't really get to see anything about Obi Wan besides the movies, I guess, and I guess the little Clone Wars. I don't really. I would like to see his upbringing, but I'm inclined to believe that we kind of know how it went, knowing that we know everything about not everything, but we've learned a lot about Qui Gon and we know about Anakin, so we kind of know his dad and his son, if you will. So kind of can fill, fill in the gaps to get to him. Yeah, I know it's not what said Yoda here. I do think that we feel like there's better uses for Yoda than being in this show. And we're going to see Yoda on the Alkali, right? We have to. I mean, he's alive during that time period. At least we don't have to. They don't have to focus on the Jedi at all, but he'll he'll be there. I mean, be around. I mean, he, I'm sure he's probably a supporting character, and he pops up a couple episodes, but he's not like the main focus. Yeah, I've said this before on this podcast. I, I always forget that Frank Oz is not like 160 years old. <laughs> I think of him as like 70 in the originals, and it like blows my mind that he was even in the prequels. And he's, I don't know, he's probably barely 80 now. Yeah, I'll look up real quick how old Frank Oz is. It always makes, like, when I saw The Last Jedi and he showed up, I was like, how did they do that? He's been dead centuries, you know, <laughs> like, and he's 78. Yep, 78 years old. So he could he could easily be doing stuff as as Yoda for at least ten more years. Oh, that's for sure. Here and speaking of stuff coming up here, it's sort of a good spot to wrap this episode. But coming up next week here, we're gonna have a holiday special. Pete, we're not gonna go back and watch the 1970 holiday special again. We're gonna reflect on the year and the shows here, mostly the live action stuff between uh, Boca Boba Fett. We go back to that Obi Wan and Andor. So touch on all three and a little, little fun stuff in between. I'll tell you, two-thirds of that podcast are going to be fun to talk about. I don't know about that <laughs> last thing. Uh, but, yeah, no, excited to talk um, about just kind of like that year in review uh, for the holidays. Um, definitely don't want to miss that one. You definitely do not I want to. I got to say, we, you know, uh, for, you know we, we, we all didn't really – we have our gripes with Boba Fett. We saw great with Obi-Wan. But think about the year we had. Yeah. We had Boba Fett, Kenobi, Hails of the Jedi – and Andor in the same year. Don't forget the Lego big year. Don't forget the Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. The Summer Vacation was fun too. That was the one where Palpatine and Vader went to the beach. That was fun. Yeah, so it was. It was a, there was a lot of content this year. There was a lot of content, and we have hit all the content Disney Plus released this year with the, with this podcast. So we've gotten all of it. And I even I even watched. Yeah, the, if you, if if you didn't know the audience that in the television and film genre of podcasting, we produced 93% more content than our competitors. So if you want content, you could find us here. Thanks, Spotify. Thanks, Spotify Rap for that fact. Yeah, Spotify Rap for creators. Yep, absolutely here. And I want to thank you guys for coming on here. A lot of fun, as always. I really appreciate it. P.P. Wildfire on social media, I'm going to do that. At PJ PJConsidori29. Always retweeting this stuff so you can get the direct link 
to our podcast. All right, Nick, if you want to follow the Instagram one more time, how can I do that? At Sky Guys Podcast. I have all the little clips from episodes there whenever we publish. All right. So follow me on Twitter, mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. P, a couple of our Iona friends over on Just on the Suffering podcast this week, over last week here. I mean, Martino Puccio has been on a couple weeks now. He's did a World Cup catch-up here. We did some uh, NFL picks in Week 15. And also, Sandra Rosa, who was on our podcast, Episode 11 of Andor, she did NFL picks last week. Uh, we're bringing in the Iona alumni. And uh, I'm curious to see what Martino said about the World Cup. A lot of crazy stuff happening there. A lot of crazy wins that I did not expect. Yeah, I mean, we're recording. Big win for the big win for those gales. Big win for those gales over St. Louis. I was, I was, I was in the truck for that game. Very cool. I was watching on ESPN Plus. Yeah, so you saw some of my graphics come on the broadcast. I did. Yeah, I must have. Yeah, I'm sure you did. And you, that's all for now. We we'll back next week with our holiday special. But until then, may the force be with you.